0: Hi and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host Jason and you found a fun and secret time capsule for my baby son. Each episode I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show was going but getting there should be half the fun. Hey, podcast listeners, this is a very special episode with my parents, uh San and Liz, and we're also joined by my wife, Allie. And so we talk a lot about being coming parents, being grandparents, and uh, just a little bit more about my roots. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, that's so that was a, a real surprise. And then and then to to see him and then um, find out his name, because you guys kept it a secret, you know. As as did Lisa with the girls, so, you know. I'm Not gonna fault anybody like that, but.
0: Uh. Well, what did you, well, Deb? What was your opinion of, of our son's name? No, well, except except the name remind me
2: of Lamb Weston and Conagra Weston Weston Light Meters. I think they spell the same thing. Didn't? Sure. Well, sure,
3: now I, we know our son is named after light meters.
2: <laughs> yeah. no, no, I used to dabble in photography, and there was a Weston light meter. was the top oh, of the line.
3: I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was top of the line. I always thought of uh, Weston, not spelled the same, the hotel. Oh, Weston, yeah. Weston. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's oh. what I thought of when Jason first said the name. I was like,
1: okay. Oh, let's, let me let, yeah. turn it back to you guys. I don't think we ever heard the story of... How did you come decide on Weston since it's not as common a name? How did you come up with it? Or which one of you?
0: Yeah, it was kind of an iterative process, I think, when uh, we when we had started brainstorming even before we knew the sex of the baby. Um, we had a list. We started kind of like jotting down names mm-hmm. and, and things like that. We had some pretty strong opinions about uh, girl names, I think.
3: Yeah, but... We Jason and I both really liked the name Oliver, but it was very popular and common right now and we didn't want a name that was super popular and one of the top three names of you know popularity in this this age era.
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess working backwards, uh, both Allison and I have had extremely popular names on the years we were born so yeah. um Jason was like the number number one name in the nineteen early 1980s, so by the time uh, I was in school there were like five or six different Jasons. So I, I highly enjoy my name, but we uh, I definitely wanted a, a name that, while not unusual or people wouldn't ask like how do you pronounce this, but at the same time there wouldn't be five other Westons in his class. I think you had the same experience?
3: No, uh, actually Allison wasn't all that popular. It was well known, but not super common. But I just know of so many Lindsays in my classes or mm-hmm. so many Ashleys uh, and and Jennifers that we didn't want Oliver, even though we liked it, didn't want him to be in a class with, again, five Two other com- Olivers. Five other... Yeah. So we actually... Uh, Jason had found a nice website where you plugged in a baby name that you liked and it would give you similar or names they thought you would also like oh Um, okay Mm -hmm. and so we he plugged in oliver and went through a couple different names and eventually it popped up the name Mm weston and it was one of the only male names that we both initially really liked and we loved that we could have a fun nickname of wes we really wanted a, a name that we could have a nickname with
0: and we didn't enjoy the name wesley so yes. wes did um was a good good yeah, name we
3: really liked the nickname wes mm-hmm.
0: yeah and then that worked well we had already picked out his chinese name thanks to um some work mm-hmm. uh, with the family um so just you know i think worked really yeah. well
3: yeah and we wanted a First name, middle name that would flow well together too.
0: Yeah, we initially had panicked because we'd finally uh, not panicked, uh, so we were, we thought we were clever with this this name selection, and then we met up with our friends Katie and John, um, w- just after they had um, their baby Roxy, and they were chatting about how their realtor uh, their realtor had had a baby, and his, uh, the realtor's baby's his name was, was Weston. Weston,
3: and we both looked a little crestfallen, like. Oh, My yeah. gosh, someone else has a
1: baby, Weston.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, it generally works out pretty well. Um, yeah, we like the name.
1: Well, what I appreciate, having worked in the school system district for 20-odd years officially and then volunteer for forever, was that you picked a name that served the purpose of being um, unique but not weird yeah in in terms of (laughs) there were so many like you said how do you pronounce your name Mm -hmm. by the by the so-called creativity of spelling or phonetic system and they take a very normal sounding name but put every single letter of the alphabet in there to spell it and then the child gets very irritated at you because you always have to say to the child and what is your name how do you say your name how do you spell your name and so Weston doesn't have it. He has, like you said, just unique enough, but not easy, easy to spell. Yeah. Other than people might put an I in instead of an O in, but beyond that, it's 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 not going to be like some very odd names yes. that I've encountered. Yes, that's what we loved about it. Yeah,
0: it's true. And we have not released our our girl name. We were we did I think came up with a girl name very easily.
3: But- we we're hoping for a girl initially because we had a girl name that we both loved Absolutely and adored. it was easy to agree on. And it just, it seemed to come so naturally. And then oh. it took us, I feel like two or three months to settle on the boy name. For That's sure. true. I
0: still have a, a list. I think of names that we had in the running for, yeah. for Wes. Let me see if I can pull it up here.
3: Cause the girl name took five minutes to decide. Oh, is It was like, it? we loved okay. it. We're so happy with it.
0: Um, so our iteration started with uh, Theo then Oliver, mm-hmm. Grayson, which uh, also I, was...
3: I really liked the name Grayson, Grayson until Jason said, Grayson and Jason and Grayson and Jason and I and, Allison. and, Allison, and I couldn't do that. I couldn't live with that song.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's in true. the rhyming. Uh, <laughs> then, too much. then we had uh, Aiden and then Weston was the last name on the list. Oh, so, okay. Um, well, I'm sure we came up with with other ones, but that's kind of kind of what our yeah. thought process well, was.
1: As it is, you still rhyme anyway because you all end in O N. O-N. Yeah, that's true. West, a
0: little bit. Uh, but like a uh, that's ours, a is, ours. is like a son type name, yeah. and then West is a ton. A ton. Yeah. So yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. It's a little bit different. different. And we call him West, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I had had we had had a boy named then we had Wendy and then we. We recycled the the boy name, but then we had Lisa. And by by that time, I was tired of the boy name when we had to come up with number three. And so we threw that name out the door and then came out with Jason because it was the name of a baby in a TV commercial, which is probably why everyone else named their son (laughs) Jason that year. (laughs) What was the original boy name that you had? The original boy name we were thinking in terms of Douglas. It
2: wasn't John.
1: No, Douglas or Gregory? Did we think Jonathan?
2: I thought it was Jonathan.
1: Well, anyway, we, we threw it out. But by, by, by the time we had Jason, I, I'd gotten tired of the name, which is probably a good thing we didn't. Well, we never named the child that name.
2: I remember Jason associated with a movie called Jason and the Argonauts. I was great in mythological mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> movies. Well, that wasn't the reason I did it, but good for okay.
3: you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad you didn't go with Hercules. No, not Hercules.
1: <laughs> Hercules. That would have been awkward. Or Samson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: true. Terrific. Do you remember the girl name you picked out if I was going to be a girl? Sarah. That's true.
1: That's a good thing. You were going to be Sarah with an H.
0: Can you tell me uh, the really funny story about, I think, your first ultrasound?
1: Oh, Okay.
0: I'm making hand signals to my mom so she remembers what story that is. Yes, tell.
1: Yes, yes. Wait, the, was this with Jason? Or? With Jason. Ah, yeah. okay. okay, well. Oh that one. Back in the days, uh, ultrasounds just were not done routinely. They were only done if there was any cause for um, concern of complications. So with both Wendy and Lisa, I never had an ultrasound. So pregnant with Jason and back then you didn't know the gender either. I mean, it was just, again, not an option. And um, so went for an exam and the the doctor is, you know, examining me and kind of feeling around and he kind of paused and he goes, oh, kind of a puzzled look. And I looked at him like, what do you mean? He says, well, I think you might be carrying twins.
3: Oh, goodness gracious.
1: And my jaw just dropped because there were no twins in any part of the family tree. And um, so he said, well, what we'll need to do is have an ultrasound, which again, at that time, no one really did ultrasound. So I didn't even know really what it was other than he says, "Well, it's the picture of the baby. And the good news is that I could get an appointment the very next day. So for... 24 hours we thought we were going to have twins so we're in a small small house 1100 square feet three bedrooms one bathroom one bathroom (laughs) and you
0: already had two kids
1: we already had the two girls and um we said well how are we going to fit twins i mean how how are we going to do this uh we have one crib we have to get another crib and i don't think i got any sleep that night and went to the ultrasound, which your dad could not go to because he had to go to work. And back then, fathers just didn't come to any kind of examinations with their wives. And they did the ultrasound and says, oh, you just have a single baby. But he and didn't know it was a boy or girl. But the baby is lying sideways. So when the doctor examined me or examined Jason, what he had felt was not two heads, but a head and a tush Ah, and uh and unfortunately jason stayed sideways for like the entire pregnancy so then um well first of all we were relieved that we were only having one child i know I, was I, it 100
3: yeah. percent relief or was there a small part of you that was like what would twins be like i
1: think it, initially all i could think of was relief in terms of not having since we had no family around for, for lending, lending help, it was, it was just, I, it was inconceivable how do you deal with, with with twins at this point? And I didn't know anyone who had twins in terms of even um, support group or any kind of group like that. So, um, but back to Jason, so he, he was sideways and then so then he says, well, if your child remains sideways, and of course, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, um, You'll have to have a cesarean because you can't deliver normally, um, and so then um, Jason decided to cooperate. In about two weeks before delivery, he, yeah, he eventually do. He yeah, he uh, he turned the right way. But the the one thing on the ultrasound was at one point we had a very clear picture of the baby's face, which um, they could not. Um, Capture because they gave me a, a copy of the ultrasound, which it was horrible. I mean, you look at the ultrasounds of of Weston and Emily and Anna, you can actually see that it's a baby. But um, but for one moment on the screen, I ha- I saw the baby's face and it looked exactly like Lisa. And of course, Jason as a baby really does look a lot like Lisa. So I said, It's Sarah. We're gonna have a Sarah. And then Jason was bored and he goes. Congratulations, Mrs. Moy! It's a boy, and my first reaction, unfortunately, was, "But we're Sarah?" <laughs> oh, we have a Jason instead. So it's a microsecond of losing Sarah but gaining Jason.
0: <laughs> well, you didn't know the sex until I was born. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They don't
1: They're don't, saying they didn't tell with the ultrasound. They
2: don't tell. Oh. Then they
0: didn't uh, tell. The ultrasound it was only, not clear, and the gotcha. ultrasound
1: they only did it once. Gotcha. And all they saw was the head
0: fascinating this is a part of the story i did not know yeah Mm -hmm. all these things coming out um terrific well uh i'm gonna pause real quick so allison do you have any other questions before we let you go
3: no i think that's it but this is very interesting
0: great well thank you for joining us so we'll let you flutter away i'm gonna ask my parents a few more questions you can just turn that microphone off terrific thank you what was different what was different what was hard what was it like being your grandparent
2: well i can let go and just Spoil them, I guess. <laughs> now that I raise, you know, we, we went through three tall, older kids. Now I can take my turn and just spoil them. Hey, He's fine. He's fine. Spoil them right now. So I enjoy spoiling the kids, but I don't think you would appreciate that, Jason. <laughs> but, and um, I guess the point was is that I spend more time with them. The hardest part was... After the visit was over, we have to leave. And um, so that's the hardest part in that area. But I enjoy spending every moment with them, taking care of them. Um, what do you think?
1: The initial adjustment was um, the changes that they've had in um, baby care, mm-hmm. the philosophy and the attitudes. Some of it really good, obviously, because there are more um, safety features and, and more gadgets to keep babies safe than when we raise them. But um, – it's just learning, okay, well, you do this with a baby. Well, with us, the babies had to sleep on their tummies, and now it's the reverse. Everything's on, on, on their back. So it's just learning the few things that um, pediatricians are, are stating as the current safety guides for child care so that we can support you kids as adult parents so that um, we comply with all the new safety regulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the, the baby the new baby products are fantastic.
2: Yeah, I like uh, you learn the basics of changing diapers and um, instead ointments of cloth,
1: instead of cloth diapers.
2: Cloth diapers and we had to wash the safety pins and uh, I remember changing one that we had to use the cloth diapers and safety pins and put all sorts of ointments and salves on her because she had this allergy. With milk products and everything else and this one was you know disposable diapers and all sorts of ointments you can to prevent uh, diaper rashes it was uh, a learning curve but I don't mind it except for the poop
0: terrific Um, let's talk about um, how do you think uh, your relationship with your children has changed being a grandparent or now that you've seen your children become parents
1: I just saw something on the internet just just yesterday in fact it said it was saying that one of the best parts about being a grandparent was to reestablish a relationship with your adult child the the parent of your your grandchild and I thought that really hit home because um it's it's the handing off because you're while you're still my child, uh, you're 36 years old, um, but you are are now the adult and even more so, you are now the father. And it's been um, amazing to see both you and Allison just grow into such confident new parents um, despite the normal um, nervousness of being new parents. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing is now you kids have way more resources between the internet and more books available in, in um, quorums to, to, to pose questions to get answers better and clearer um, than we did trying to leaf through a 300-page book. Um, but it's it's been great to, uh, well, also learning to let go, too, though, because it's it's. Just because we did it to you as a baby, there's some things in I like I said, I follow your lead because you're now the dad, you're now the parent, and we follow your lead to the care of of Weston. But there's stuff there's still stuff, of course, that stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. The love and the cuddling that that, that doesn't change. Yep. But it's been it's been neat just to um be talking to you truly as an adult to an adult now.
0: Gotcha. How about you, Dad?
2: You know, I've seen the, the way you handle things and and taking care of Weston. I'm proud of what you did, Jason. But uh, um, I'm also pointed. you spend more time than I ever did. I was trying to figure myself out as a dad. And, um, you know, I spend more time with the grandkids than you guys did. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but I just want to tell you that this is how I would handle if I knew what to do at that time. I would give him a hundred percent. You know, um, instead of trying to figure out what's the next day's work and everything. I think he faced the same pressures, balancing being a, a parent and balancing work activities and the challenges of trying to make um, the hours and goals meet in that area. So I'm proud of him balancing that. But you did a better job at balancing home life. In work life and any other things that comes throwing your away. I was trying to figure that one out. I, in in that sense, I'm not quite sure I did a good job, but I'm I'm trying to um, sort of balance that perspective by, um, being more available to you and Lisa and in helping with the kids in that area.
0: That's good. I mean, at the same time, I mean, you were uh, for the our four or five listeners, um, my you worked full-time while mom uh, was a stay-at-home mom for the for the three kids up and through until um, i was in elementary school then you went back to work Mm -hmm. so i mean at the same time was that i guess for you too was that just something that was done or kind of expected back in the 70s and 80s or was that did you have a discussion about who was going to be staying home or taking care of the kids or or did you have any desires to, to stay spend more time with us, Dad? Or did you feel pressure that you had to provide?
2: There was no little guidebook, but I, I felt that I had, as, as a father, I had to provide all the answers, the, the financial, and make sure your kids were all taken care of, that there wasn't anything that, uh, what you call a lack of want in that area. And I just want to make sure, Mom, and you kids were comfortable and well taken care of. And I think I devoted too much time in doing that, um, trying to meet, make all the uh, goals and pressures of the job, and also coming home. I was tired sometimes in in those decision processes, and then I didn't have a mentor to help me in those days.
0: Mentor job wise or mentor parent wise? Well, I think
2: I think a father. There's a little book, What Fathers Wish They Knew and Not Worry About Their Little Things. And and, and also uh, there are some Dobson series that says, you know, you need to balance home life with work life and spiritual life in that area. Spend more time instead of coming home and your brain is all gone, essentially, in that area. You know, you're wiped out. And I didn't know how to make the adjustments or prioritize my work time. A lot things get to me at work. That was my first job, really.
1: So. Well, that was your first job. But back then, I think we were still probably at the tail end of the more traditional um, roles. So um, I don't really think I it came up or that I expressed an interest to work, continue working after Wendy was born. I think it was it was just kind of a mutual assumption of uh, That I would be a stay-at-home mom full time, um, and which was pretty much supported by all our acquaintances. Hmm. Uh, just about everyone stayed home. There's um, stayed home, so you know that was yeah. It was just a, a different life lifestyle at that time,
2: and we didn't have family close uh, well, by yeah. to <laughs> give us some answers, role models, or. I think we were on our own and trying to figure things out. Well,
1: I? but even if we're on our own, that wasn't the issue. The issue is that the traditional we maintain the traditional roles mm-hmm. of the, the, the man is earns the money and the woman stays home with the kids. I mean, that was traditional regardless. It didn't matter if you had family around or you didn't have family around.
2: right right. I, I, that was how we're raised. Traditionally, yeah
1: and you know we're, and we're also part of, of, of Chinese traditional where um, it was pretty much a given that mm-hmm. um, I would I would be at home home with the kids so um so I was fortunate and I don't really felt that I was ever torn in terms of of not having a job I mean I still did things and volunteer work as the kids got older and and interest at church in in terms of of still fulfilling some of my own interests and desires
0: gotcha thank you yeah. let's end on uh well thank you for this uh check. let's end on a f- uh two quick questions um so uh all three kids of us um played the violin
1: mm-hmm.
0: so how did i asked wendy this but i want to ask you um why did you choose for us to play the violin
1: It goes back that I played the violin, and I cannot even tell you why I I played the violin. In public school, we all at third grade, fourth grade, played a, a modified flute, not a recorder, but a flute. And I love the idea of music, and I liked the choir that we had. And then at fourth or fifth grade, we got to actually pick a real instrument. And for some reason, I decided I wanted to play the violin. And I said to my dad, I want to play the violin because they'll teach you at school. <laughs> and my dad said, sure. And back then, it wasn't even rented. I'm thinking my father went out and bought me a violin. Um and I continued the so I started probably about fifth grade and I played through almost the end of ninth grade, and then um, then I stopped. But I still con- loved music. I con- could continue with choir and whatnot. But I instrumental instrument wise, I I stopped the violin. And then I had an opportunity. I was just starting to hear this thing about a Suzuki method where you could start little kids on violin, and I thought it would be interesting because. You know, I knew the violin. Maybe that's something I could help the kids learn. And I saw a notice um, at church near near the preschool room, and it said, Suzuki, um, violin lessons call. And it happened to be Mrs. Danielson's number. And I called her, and she said, oh, yes, I'm taking new students. And we started Wendy, and then we did Lisa, and then we did Jason, and you guys...
0: Uh, last question um, for you, I guess, um, particularly as um, either immigrants or, or first generation uh, Chinese Americans who then moved pretty far away from family, what were some traditions or that you as you started your own family kind of in the Pacific Northwest, like what kind of traditions from your own family were important uh, for you to pass down to us? And what kind of new traditions did you have as as you
1: raised us? Since you started on birthdays, yes. Traditionally, Chinese do not celebrate birthdays. Um, it's kind of superstitious that if you celebrate something, um, it'll be taken away. So therefore, you would not have future birthdays. So you only really did the big ones like at 60 or 80 or 88. I mean, you really didn't do birthdays. Um, For some reason though, my father, since he emigrated to the United States at like age 20, um, he picked up a lot of Western values and somewhere along the line, he picked up the whole idea of birthdays. So my father always did a big thing about birthdays for all of us. Um, which is something that my brother, in turn, has passed on to his kids because they always do a a big splash of a birthday. And, of course, they're fortunate enough that just about everyone is on the East Coast, so everyone does come to celebrate the birthdays. Um, so when we moved out to Washington State and so far away from home, that was probably the hardest part because suddenly we had um, holidays, such as birthdays or um, American holidays, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, Chinese New Year was probably the only real Chinese tradition holidays that we did. And we lacked family. Um, or there was a couple of times we got some extended family, but no real families. And so I felt that um, one. that's one of the reasons I started half birthdays because there wasn't enough celebrations with just the five of us, because you didn't have the extended family ever have everyone having their own birthdays. So um, by having half birthdays, that I, I somewhere I read it or whatever, or I was brilliant enough to come out with my own. I don't know. I'm sure I read it somewhere. As far as Chinese traditions, I think the only thing we my family ever really did was Chinese New Year, mm-hmm. um, in terms of getting all the great food together. Um, and even then, actually um we didn't get together with relatives that were in New York City as far as the actual holiday c- was concerned it was a in the winter time' usually hard to to travel. but what my father did was made a point of having family reunions during the summer and going out to New York City and seeing his brother and sister going up to Boston to see Aunt Helen. And so that became probably a more Western idea um, that um, I know my brother has uh, continued and we have continued in in terms of making up for um, not being with family, but at least having a um a concentrated time, e- even if it's only once a year, of, of being with family and just celebrating everything. I mean, just celebrating being a family, even though it's not a specific holiday or it's just because it's June. It's just that we're all together. So, as far as as far as traditions go, because your dad really didn't have much traditions, Western or Chinese. So we kind of picked everything from my side of the family. Yes, I
2: I picked from your mom's side because we're already in Chinatown. Chinese New Year came to us and my father was working except for one day and he cooked and that was about it in terms of, uh, that was it because my father was working uh, six days a week and one day off and he cooked um, the meals. I remember celebrating Chinese New Year's and I can't think of anything else except what your mom reminded me, of the you know, the festivals and the moon cakes and all those other things, but but that was it. <laughs> Your mom uh, kept that uh, tradition alive.
0: Well, terrific. Uh, so I'm wrapping up because uh, you guys have to wake up at uh, 5 tomorrow to take care of Wes. Is there anything you would like to say to Weston as he turns 11 months tomorrow for him to s- listen to later?
1: 11 months and then a year. Wow. Um, Wes, let's see. Probably the most important thing is... Gungung and Popo loves you so much. And you obviously know your mom and dad loves you so much and and your aunties and your cousins. Um, so you are a well loved child. Um, we are looking forward to see the young man that you're you will become. Um, hopefully picking up uh, some traditions that from our side of the family, your mom's side of the family, um, your grandparents, and just incorporating everything that um, into something that you value and is representative of, of our love for you.
2: I share um, mom's wishes for you, Weston, and there's a lot of um, cousins And and uncles and great uncles, you haven't seen, but you're part of this thing. There, where our whole family, um, seen you in Facebook pictures, knows you, and we all love you, Weston. So, I'm I'm glad you came to and make our life very happy.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Uh, and we'll just say good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on our host, Anchor FM. Music used for this podcast includes Live Wire by Steve Combs, With a Whimper by Josh Woodward, and Olivia by Heisen. You can email us at halfthefunpodcast at gmail.com and send us voicemails through the Anchor FM app. You can check out more photos and commentary about this episode on our website, halfthefun.fun, that's halfthefun.fun, and like us on Facebook. Want to be on the show? Drop us a line. See you next week.